if anything like what's happening in our culture in California is starting to happen here, I don't see how Christian parents have any options. The, the purpose of secular education in California is to totally secularize everything, to remove every vestige of anything Christian or even American in many respects. Hey everybody, welcome back to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. I'm Amber Archer, your co-host and producer at Fearless, and joining me as usual is my husband and other co-host, Mark Archer. Husband and co-host, Mark Archer. (laughs) So together we started a filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. We are a husband and wife filmmaking team creating documentary films from a biblical perspective on the issues eroding our society and culture with the mission to educate, motivate, and inspire others to get involved and take a stand for biblical principles and values. And if you are new or a regular listener to the program, welcome. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with us. We love sharing the interviews that we've had and what we've learned as we research for our new documentary film, The Mind Polluters. So thank you for joining us on this journey twice a week right here on this program every Tuesday and Thursday. So if you've missed any of the shows, my husband is looking at me. (laughs) He's like, are you done yet? (laughs) So, but if you have I know if you've missed any of the shows, be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org where you can search all the archives. And it's also where you can make that one time donation to help plug this thing along. We still need people's help. Yeah, this is quite a process. It is. But as we're um, moving on from um, the special episode that we did on Tuesday, uh, celebrating the life and legacy of Dr. Judith Reisman. If you missed that episode, you can go back and listen to that. There was also a five-part series that we did with Dr. Reisman mm-hmm. about a month and a half ago. Yep, those are all attached, so you can listen to those. And, um, yeah, it's been uh, just difficult, I think, for everybody involved in this battle space to absorb the loss of Judith. Mm-hmm. This was a, a sudden, very unexpected thing, but uh, we are all determined to carry the mantle and Mm -hmm. and move forward uh with protecting children protecting children Uh, Mm -hmm. she set such a high bar such an example for us and we were talking about um who else uh, we have talked to in the past that would have perspective on education and we went oh my word We've got we've got a gem here that we wanted to share. Yeah. So I recently I was reading if if you guys don't listen to the Wall Builders podcast, I really enjoy wallbuilders.com. You can go, I mean, I'm not trying to push you away from ours, but I'm just saying they have great their constitutional and biblical values. And it's one of the things that Judith said in her interview from Tuesday was the constitution is worth defending. Mm-hmm. God's laws and you know, constitutional man laws are worth defending. And I just, I love wall builders, but I happen to um, order a couple of their books and I just finished one of them in, because working on the mind polluters, it's all about education. And so I just finished one, the four centuries of American education. And we, Mark and I were talking about one of the excerpts that I read to him and, and I'll read it to you guys because it, It's from Martin Luther. So the educational philosophy of the world-renowned educator Martin Luther had been clear, and it was the same philosophy embraced in American education for centuries. 
And this is what he said. I would advise no one to send his child where the Holy Scriptures are not supreme. Every institution that does not unceasingly pursue the study of God's word becomes corrupt. I greatly fear that the schools, unless they teach the Holy Scriptures diligently and impress them on the young students, are wide gates to hell. Welcome to the 21st century. Yes. And so when I read that and I instantly thought of Dr. David Jeremiah Mm -hmm. with Turning Point um, out in Shadow Mountain in California. And if you guys aren't familiar with his work, you can listen to him. It's Christian Talk Radio. Um, But even if you're not familiar with him by name, you'll recognize him when you hear his voice (laughs) because he's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's everywhere. So, but he, when we sat down with him, he's, he, we were talking to him for another project and we just, I went, oh my gosh, the Lord was preparing us even then for the education aspect of what we're doing today with the mind polluters. And so we had to, you know, pull them out of the archives so that we could share it with you guys. Cause it's a really great interview and everything that he talks about from what happens on the West coast, you know, starts to trickle down over here into the middle of the country and to the east coast so Mm -hmm. so a little bit of brief history dr david jeremiah his first church actually was right here in fort wayne indiana and he was the founding uh pastor uh of what what was then called blackhawk baptist church in fort wayne indiana and um part of the vision that he had uh well and that others in the church also had was not only to uh, have a church, but also to start a Christian school. <laughs> and so fast forward, um, 1977, yours truly moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was four. <laughs> 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 and <clears throat> I am, I'm just old enough to remember David Jeremiah as the pastor. Mm-hmm. And I remember his preaching. Of course, I was very, very young, but Um, I I do remember him there uh, as the pastor. He left in the early 80s, I want to say 81, maybe 82. Mm. Uh, He left Blackhawk to go to San Diego where he uh, took over what is now Shadow Mountain Community Church. And uh, he has been there ever since. He Mm. He has become world renowned as a as a preacher, he's a fantastic preacher Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, very well respected, but his legacy of what he started in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, became a a huge part of my life growing up because we, I grew up going to Blackhawk Baptist church and I grew up also going to Blackhawk Christian school, which was the, the school that was, uh, and still is part of that church. And so, uh, just a few years ago, the school was celebrating, no, the church was celebrating its 50th anniversary. And they brought David Jeremiah in, and we just happened to be working on a video for the school. Uh-huh. And we said, hey, if you're going to have him here, and he's the one that founded the school, let's get a, you know a half hour to talk to him. And so that's how we have this interview with him. And he talked uh, some specifically about that school, but he talked a lot about Christian schools and the importance of Christian education. Mm-hmm. And we've noted before when we um, shared the interview with Alex Newman from Public School Exit, 
and the Epoch Times, and he's an author and written several books, especially Crimes of the Educators. I remember um, speaking when we shared the interview with Alex Newman, and I remember talking with him about how the schools were the church's responsibility. And I even read that here in The Four Centuries of American Education by David Barton. And the schools, or I'm sorry, the churches were the ones who were responsible for educating the population. Mm -hmm. And they relinquished that when, you know, America grew in, in population and suddenly it became a public school system. But I remember speaking with Alex and I said, do you think more churches should have schools? And absolutely, we absolutely need more churches to have schools. Yeah, there's a there's a huge need for it. And if you look at the website publicschoolexit.com, uh, which is one of the organizations that Alex Newman helped to found and runs, and they have resources on there. And one of the resources that they have is they've got resources for homeschooling, and then they've got resources for uh, Christian schools that may be in your area. And, um, I know that they're still populating that list, but it, you know, it, the, we wanted to share this with, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, because here's, here's another alternative. Listen, the, the, the point of what we have been trying to communicate with all of you and what we've been learning through this process of researching this film the public schools are what you have to get your kids out of. Mm -hmm. There are multiple alternatives. One of them, obviously, is homeschooling. We understand homeschooling is a lifestyle commitment. It's a it's something that not all families can accommodate. Um, but here's Dr. David Jeremiah, who founded a Christian school that is very successful and has continued to grow through the years. It's where I went and graduated from. And him talking about the process of forming a Christian school and the, and the absolute importance of a Christian school being tied to a strong pulpit. Mm -hmm. A couple other side notes. There's a couple of people that he mentions here uh, just by first name, and I have to tell you who they are. He mentions Happy and Aida. These are, this is Happy Waltz and Aida Tuffalo, and two ladies that were uh, they were public school teachers, and they, along with Dr. Jeremiah, were the ones who started the school, and they really had the original vision and made the school work. They were the real hands and feet of making this Christian school startup work. And Happy Waltz uh, was my fifth grade teacher, <laughs> yeah. and Aida Tafalo was my fourth grade teacher, mm -hmm. and so I, I know them well. Uh, so that's who they are. And also just a note on, um, usually the, the interviews that we share, we have, uh, we have mics on the interviewer and the interviewee. Uh, this, uh, this interview only has just a mic on Dr. Jeremiah. So when we're asking the questions, it's sometimes a little garbled and hard, hard to hear. I did it's what I could. It's a raw interview. It wasn't meant raw, for this. But... Yeah. It wasn't intended for using on the podcast, but I did what I could with it. Um, and, you know, turn it up, but just, just as a note, that's, that's why it's garbled and, and a little muffled. So let's listen in to our conversation with Dr. David Jeremiah. I'm David Jeremiah, and I was honored and privileged to be the founding pastor of the Blackhawk Baptist Church. And, um, uh, my wife and I, 
together originated Blackhawk Christian School. Did you, did you feel called? What was sort of your heart and why? Why a school? Well, I have to be honest with you. I did this kicking and screaming. I didn't want to do it. Um, we had just started the church. We were all all busy trying to get get the church going. We knew we had a little building program we were going to do across the street. And but I had so many young couples come and say, you know, we have to have a school. We need a Christian school. And there was another school here at the time. They were very uh, unhappy with that school, didn't want their kids to go there. And they just keep they just kept pressuring us. And, and finally, I thought, well, you know what? Sometimes God speaks to his people. And uh, so we agreed. Uh, uh, we we went to uh, Happy and, and Aida and said, if you guys will help us, we'll do it. And, uh, you know, they were involved in public education and they walked away from all the security that was theirs. And uh, together we started. I remember the first year we had 35 students. Yeah, my wife uh, taught typing. I coached basketball, both the girls and the boys, and helped uh, raise funds for the school and took care of chapels and things of that nature. We didn't know where it was going to go, but it turned out that it was certainly the plan of God. What is the importance of having a Christian foundation in education, especially in today's culture? We know when we first started, I remember I gave a little talk to everybody about how Christian education uh, sits on a stool that has three legs. And the three legs were Christian family, Christian church, Christian school. Back then, that was almost viable, but what was becoming less viable. And today, uh, this is a one-legged school, one-legged stool, because most of the students in our schools in California, they don't go to church. Uh, I think somebody told me 86% of the students that go to our Christian school don't go to church regularly. Uh, many of them come from broken families. And one of the phenomenal things that's happening is grandparents are getting involved. And I've challenged our grandparents, you know, uh, I, I always tease them. I say, you can give it when you're living. That way you'll know it's where it's going. And it, if you want to do something with your resources that will really be a blessing to the future, why don't you partner with your children so they can put their children in a Christian school? And we have hundreds now, hundreds of grandparents who are sponsoring um, sponsoring their grandchildren because they realize that will be far more valuable to them going forward than leaving them a sum of money or, or, or some other kind of gift. So grandparents um, have to get involved, I think, today. We can't diminish the cost of Christian education because you know, sometimes the last the last people that we care about are the teachers, and we need to take care of them at least the best we can. So just, you know, having tuition-free school isn't going to happen. You have to have resources, and many of those resources are available through grandparents, and we're very excited to see that happen. You, you said that uh, Happy and Aida were both in public education at the time. And so I had both of them as teachers coming up mm -hmm. in elementary Tell me more about that dialogue. I don't remember all of the details of their transitioning here. I just know they were there the day we started and they helped us get going. And we didn't know a lot about that, about education. They were always, uh, you know, committed to make sure that Christian education didn't fall behind in terms of its quality of education. And of course, now we know this school particularly has one of the higher standards in all the surrounding area for scholarship and intellectual endeavor and obviously basketball and a few other things. Yeah. yeah. 
what were the challenges that you faced when you started? Well, obviously the first challenge when you only have 35 kids and you start with the first three grades, uh, you want to grow a grade every year, which is what we did. And you need more students because parents are a little bit leery of putting their kids in a school where there's maybe only three other kids in the class. And we had some people doubling up and, and uh, so we really needed to get students. And the good thing that happened was the the early days of the school were so special and this church so adopted the school into their life. I mean, I remember in the early days when we when we had junior high basketball, half the church would come to the games. You know, today that doesn't happen and in California, it doesn't happen at all. So what I what I remember more than anything else was uh, starting a Christian school is like a train leaving the station. It grunts and groans and creaks and little by little it gets going and then it gets momentum. To get some momentum was the hardest thing. Well, you know, one thing that I surely would like to say, uh, because everybody says that influence comes from the West Coast to the East. If anything like what's happening in our culture in California is starting to happen here, I don't see how Christian parents have any options. I mean, they're, they're starting uh, gender training in the first and second grades. Uh, they're demanding all kinds of things be be taught and uh, many things not be taught. The the purpose of secular education in California is to totally secularize everything, to remove every vestige of anything Christian or even American in many respects. And so if you turn your children over to that kind of a system, you can just be sure what you're going to get. Let's face it, you have them a few hours a day, the school has them five to eight hours a day, and they have a much, much easier time to make impression upon them. So I'm not a, I don't like to get up and scare people, but I'm doing it now because I really believe we're going to lose a whole generation if we don't get our students under the teaching of, of godly people and Christian, Christian education. Well, the Midwest still has its sense of integrity about these things to some degree. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that if you were able to judge it and test it, you would discover there's, there are much, many more liberal ideas in public education today than there were when we started our school and then, than there were five years ago. You know, this doesn't get better. It, this is not a thing where, okay, everything's going to get better in the, in the secular world. It will deteriorate. And as it deteriorates, it brings everybody with it. And that's the hard thing. So we talked about the, the grandparents. What would you say to parents today? Well, I've had so many conversations over the years with parents about, you know, we'd really love to have our kids in school, but we, we can't afford it. And then you start having questions like, um, well, tell me about your life. You know, there isn't anything that's really good in, in, in life that's, that we don't sacrifice for. I remember when we started the school years ago that parents, many of them sold car, sold their second car. Um, some of them sold property that they owned that was going to be an investment so they would have the resources to put their kids in a Christian school. I have never had one of them come back and say, I wish I had done that. Most all of them would say it was the best decision I ever made. Um, all four of our children and now 12 grandchildren are in Christian education. And we are so blessed to have them there. That doesn't make them immune from 
society's ills, but it does give them a, an edge uh, on everyone else. They at least know what is right. They know the right way, the right way to think, the right way to study, and they know when somebody is telling him things that aren't true. That's so encouraging to hear. It is. What about business people in the community? It's what we see with a school like Blackhawk and others like it, that as they expand and they look for support from business people <clears throat> and that for various events. Um, how important, how is, important it? is it for someone who maybe doesn't have a, a child at a place like Blackhawk but they see the effect that it has on. Well, that's always one of the hardest, uh, hardest things that we do um, for, for so many reasons. A lot of time people say, well, this is maybe this isn't where I go to church or this isn't my place. So why should I support this? But I would just say um, these are the people that are going to be working in these places in the years to come. These are the people that are going to set the new foundation for business and um you can make a choice of helping raise young people that have integrity, or you can give your money to other things that won't have nearly that kind of an impact. It's a tremendous way to invest your resources. And, and it also, it, when people begin to give to a school, you just watch them, they, get, they begin to feel ownership and they come to the events and they come to the football games and the basketball games and some of the other events. We see that in our school. And uh, you need to get some skin in the game because it's really important. What struggles and, and questions there were in the boardroom of the church? Well, you know, here's what, here's what happens when you start a school. When you first start it, it's really entwined in the ministry of the church. Little by little, if you're not careful, the school starts to create its own orbit and it gets out and, and it runs it in its own lane. It's not, an oppo not op opposed to the church, but it's not connected to the church like it was. I've watched this through more than one cycle, and I want to tell you what I believe. I believe that a church today, a school today that is not tied to a strong pulpit will have a very difficult time surviving. Um, we've tried it both ways at the uh, Shadow Mountain Community Church. For a long time, we had a school board, we had an administrative group, and the school just grew further and further away from the church and further away from the church's um, commitments. And we have recently brought it back. And, and we're all who are in administration, we're all involved now in the school. It's such a much better way. And I believe it's the way it should be. I know there are a lot of independent schools that aren't attached to a church. You can say what you want to about them. One of those was the school that our people didn't want to go to when I first started this. And um, but a church that really believes in Christian education and will help its school will create something really special like like this school and this church. That's the way it's supposed to work. One of the things that he doesn't talk about specifically, but that is important to realize, and this is, of course, going to vary state by state. But uh, I can speak to Indiana. So Indiana has a, a school voucher program. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why, at least in Indiana, and you'll have to uh, check on your particular state, in Indiana, why it's so important for a Christian school to be part of a church. 
is because there are some legal protections that come into play when it's part of a church and not just a standalone school. And what he's talking about there is very important to remember. If you're listening to this and maybe in your church you've been having discussions about starting a school, this is something very, very, very important to remember because this storm that we have seen building on the coasts, Mm -hmm. this uh, cancel culture, the the LGBTQRSTUV, you know, all of this agenda, uh, in case you haven't noticed, they are litigation happy. And that's that's how they force their agenda on the schools. Mm-hmm. And um, it is worthwhile to, uh, to consult with uh, an attorney or a law firm that specializes in this. If you're considering in your church, uh, if you're talking about starting a Christian school, because that's one of the reasons, and you, you you can hear him talk about, both from a guidance and direction standpoint, having a strong pulpit to keep the school centered, uh, but also from a legal protection standpoint, it can make all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for sticking around to the end, you guys. We appreciate you joining us on this journey. And you can find all the archives to this show by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. And be sure to check out our latest film, Inwood Drive, available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to leave a review if you'd like. Or just a five star. We appreciate those. And you can also learn more about our new documentary film called The Mind Polluters. When you guys join us on this journey and help us out, you are being a force multiplier for the truth and we are excited to share truth across this nation thank you all for tuning in we will talk to you again next week